KRCL champions building a more socially engaged Utah through locally driven programming that promotes music discovery and civic participation. Tune in to KRCL on 90.9 FM for a curated mix of music, including at least one track by a Utah artist every hour. From alternative rock to reggae, blues to bluegrass, KRCL is here to bring you the greatest bangers all day, every day. Are you listening? This is Slug Soundwaves. Hi, I'm Jackson Garrick from the band Ivories. Uh, my pronouns are he, him. I'm the frontman, producer, and lead singer slash guitar player of the band. I would describe the music as forward-thinking pop music, I guess. It's very, for me at least, just very whatever I'm into. So it's, it could change tomorrow. We might be a grunge band tomorrow, so I don't know. <laughs> I think there's something to the vagueness of pop music sometimes. There's nothing wrong with wanting to reach a lot of people with like one song or like the adaptability of pop music. There's an art to it that I think is underappreciated a little bit. You know, like a song like I Want to Dance with Somebody can mean so much to so many different people. There's something about just like the lines in pop music and like the approachability of it that's really beautiful. I, I truly believe everybody to an extent knows when something is honest and something is like people have like a second sense for something that like feels real and something that feels contrived and stuff. Getting into that pop world, but still feeling approachable and still feeling human is something that's really difficult. And if a lot of people could do it, they would, but it's not as easy as it seems. I restarted in, I think it was 2016 or 2017, and it started in my mom's basement, and I was in a band at the time trying to produce for the band and trying to get into that. Like, I think I was always, like, a secret singer. Like, I always wanted to sing, but I never believed in myself enough to do it or had the confidence to do it. And I think just being stuck home, I just decided to just go for it. And I wrote a song called The One on my couch, and I just kind of, like, put it into Ableton. I had, like a, a, like, a beginner version of Ableton, like a 30-day free trial. And so I put it in and I recorded it and I had GarageBand 2 that had auto-tune on it. And I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to send it. I'm just going to send it and see what happens. Being such like a fan of music for a long time and like playing in a lot of bands, like I kind of had the knowledge of like what to do and like how to arrange things, but I never really input my voice into that thing. I remember just kind of going crazy on it and just hyper-focusing on it all night. And in the morning I like listened to it and like was kind of doing more vocals and I I started crying (laughs) because like I was so happy that like, I could do it all on my own and I could express myself the way I wanted to express myself. Just kind of be the artist I wanted to be and not need to like bring other people in to make a more diluted version of like what I wanted to sound like and what I wanted to be like. It was just like pure bliss. I think the happiest moment of my life. And I just like showed my mom, my brother, all my friends and stuff. And like, I, didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't getting like sick feedback. I wasn't be, people being like, well, it's amazing. They're like, oh, it sounds like you. That's cool. You're singing. But to me, that was like everything. I was like, I am singing. I am doing this, you know, on my own. Yeah. 
never think about performing live still. I was like, how the how am I gonna out of tune like the fuck out of my voice live? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so I put a band together and this is like kind of like the mid era of Ivory's with a couple of my friends. Not really taking it too seriously at this point. I just kind of got like the best players I knew to just kind of pull it off. And they were great, you know, but I still felt like for the live element, I wanted something more stable and something more what I was envisioning, I guess. So I kind of was moving around a bunch of different people. And I finally settled on my best friend, Casey Schrader. He's not with us, but he's the bass player for Ivories. And Devin Mitchell. I've known Casey like my whole life. And I always showed him every single Ivory song being like, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? Do you think this is cool? And I kind of learned that like I really trust Casey's taste in music. And I met Devin at a party and he was just like, Ivory's is cool. You know, like I like this. It reminds me of all these cool bands that I went home to check out. And I was like, oh yeah, I really want to sound like that. Trusted his taste and his vision. So I kind of got those two in. And Adam Fuller was like my brother in high school. Like we, we grew up together. I felt as though I needed to prove to myself that like, I could get stuff out there on my own and my ideas were valid. Go through that whole journey, I guess, to kind of come back to a place where it's like, I want to work with people who I trust and people who I also believe in and want, like, around me. I signed a record deal as a producer working for somebody, and that was really insane. His name is Jordan Swasse. He's he's a really close friend of mine, too. Uh, that was in May or June of 2020. He had a song. He's an amazing songwriter, amazing vocalist, amazing person. And he had a song that blew up on TikTok. Yeah, one of our mutual friends invited me out to produce for him. He kind of took a chance on me. We put it out, exploded, millions of plays and stuff. And it was like a, a huge blessing in my career. And like I learned so much from it. But for a while, I was like, this is such a good opportunity for me. I should really focus on this. And I kind of put Ivory's on the back burner for a long time. I think I kind of had an identity crisis for a long time, too. Because right before that, I think it was when I was the most passionate and serious about Ivory's, too. We just got back from a tour in late 2019. Obviously, like, the pandemic, I think, was, like, really challenging for a lot of people in the sense of, like, who am I? You know, like, who am I stripped away from seeing people and, like, how I present myself? And I think that coupled with the opportunity that I got, which, like, still, like, I was incredibly lucky to have in the first place, kind of gave me an identity crisis, I guess. So from the time we put out the EP till a couple of weeks ago, we hadn't put out any music, like literally nothing. I kind of forgot about who I was in Ivories and like the person I wanted to be in Ivories and like the person I am. And I think it hasn't been until recently that I felt like myself again, that I felt like confident enough to put out music. I think it was just like kind of stepping out from the producer role, not hyper focusing on it as much. Just seeing who I am outside of that whole world of like, what I was in 2020, in the summer of 2020, and like things involved and changed with Jordan and like that whole thing. 
I'm at a point now where it's not an everyday thing anymore. He's he's working with amazing people in LA right now. I was like, okay, what is Jackson doing though? What am I doing? I was like pretty depressed for a long time, being like, what am I doing? Wait, who am I actually? You know, like, what what do I do before this? What was I doing before this? I think it took me kind of like being really depressed for a long time, not wanting to do anything music for a long time, being like, oh yeah, I fucking did what I did when I was depressed in 2016, just do music, you know? <laughs> like that really helps me, it really does. It's very therapeutic for me. So I'm kind of back into that now, realizing again, like, oh yeah, I fucking love this. Like, I really fucking love this. So I kind of came to the realization that I have an issue as a people pleaser around now is when I kind of got to that stage where I was reflecting on that time in the beginning of the pandemic where I was working as a producer that I am a huge people pleaser. I have been my whole life too. And in the media that I'm consuming and like learning about, like not only is it the wrong ideology as far as like gaining people, it's like a an error in thinking, you know, and like kind of just coming to that realization that it's an error in thinking has helped me a lot too. embracing me and like the person I want to be just for me. And regardless of what anybody else thinks, just read a book it's called The Disease to Please. And it's like looking in a mirror and it was like it made me so anxious reading it for a while because I was like, I literally am this person. They have these quizzes, whether you do true or false to like, does this sound like you? Every quiz so far, I'm 100%. Like, <laughs> I have it bad. Like, I am a people pleaser. And that means basically that like, I'm more than willing to put other people's feelings ahead of mine in order to gain their approval. And always thinking what I should do, what I shouldn't do, you know, like and how people should and shouldn't behave. And I think too, like learning that like, it's borderline manipulative to think people should do things for you. Like, because you do something for them because you should do it. And I think, like, I've been really challenging that thought process. And it's given me a lot less stress and anxiety with a lot of things recently. And I think it's really kind of opening the door for me to be a more, I guess, honest artist, too. I think a big reason why the first time I made music and why I cried is because, like, it was just for me and it was just me, you know? And I don't think I did that a lot ever. I've heard a lot of great producers describe it as half being like good at a computer and half being like a therapist <laughs> for an artist or something. But like therapists aren't really people pleasers. They're just kind of like more just like channelers of people's emotions. But when I was producing and I was getting really lost in it, I blamed myself for any song like in that time where I was focusing as just a producer. It was like any song that didn't get like so many plays and wasn't the next biggest song. That's my fault. You know, like I, I should have done this. I never put my ideas forward. I never put suggestions that I had forward that, in hindsight, like, were good suggestions, you know. I was just always at the whims of managers, of A&R people, of everybody else but me. And I never really stuck up for myself and, like, what I thought was good. If I was involved in it, I would, like, kill myself doing it. I would, like, work until, like, 1 a.m. just trying to, like, mix vocals or something or do this and that and that. 
I didn't even let people in to help me either because I wanted to have, I wanted to show that I'm the best. I'm the coolest like in what I did <laughs> because I felt like I didn't really have any value as a person as my ideas so much. It was more of like what I can execute and show you and do. And it made me exhausted and it made me way worse as a producer too. I don't think great producers are people pleasers. I think they are allies to artists. They're good channelers of like their emotion, but like they still bring themselves. So the song we cho- I chose to show out is F, our latest single, <laughs> which like, you're like obviously you want to show your latest single, but like, I think this song was really fun to make for me, and it was just me just like loving music when I make it, and I think it kind of shows in the song too. I think it's just a really joyous song. I, and I heard a Kim Petras song at one point that just sounded so fun, and I was like, why the fuck can't I, why do I have to be moody all the fucking time? Why can't I just do like a fun song? You know, like, so I think it's like, a song that really represents me just kind of letting go of what I think I should be and just kind of having fun with music again. I wish I could recapture what you wanted, but it was my own stupidity. Yeah, I needed it because I thought I could do better. I what? I'm an idiot? Maybe 
our Instagram, Ivories, I-V-O-U-R-I-E-S. There's a funny little U in there, so don't forget that. But because of you, you can find us anywhere with I-V-O-U-R-I-E-S. Follow us on TikTok. I'm trying to do TikTok. I'm having fun with TikTok. I think I'm going to be a lot less precious about having to produce everything myself and like not bringing other people in. That's a people pleaser trait <laughs> that I'm trying to work on. Um, so I'm hoping to just kind of, you know, just let loose a bit more and just kind of put out the stuff that I like and be a bit more unfiltered as far as ivories as a as an idea. If you enjoyed this episode of Soundwaves, please take 60 seconds to rate and review us on iTunes. Slug Magazine's 33rd anniversary party and Death by Salt Volume 6 release party are just around the corner. Come to Urban Lounge on Friday, February 11th to see performances from Death by Salt Volume 6 musicians including The Phoenix Child, Jacob T. Skeen, Bobo, and Choice Coin, and celebrate 33 years of Slug Mag. Calling all artists, makers, vintage vendors, performers, and more. Applications for the 14th annual Craft Lake City DIY Festival, presented by Harmons, are now open. Head to craftlakecity.com forward slash DIY hyphen festival hyphen 2022 to complete your application now.